Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Brody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. There's a bouncing ball to left field, a base hit. Bregman is rounding third and he'll score. Abreu a ground ball single into left field. And now it is a 6-3 ball game. Deep drive to left. This is going to leave the yard. Long home run. And just like that, it's a 6-5 ball game. Oh, yes. I was wondering what would break first. Here's the 1-2 on the way. A line drive, base set to center. The tying run is in. Bregman heads to the plate, the throw home, the slide, the tag, safe at the plate. Your spirit. Oh, your buddy. It was a sad day, most certainly. And clearly, the third member of the show today, Sean Sears, the resident Super Cub fan. Shady Sears, as I've dubbed him, Grody, since you've been gone. <laughs> Shady Sears. I like it. I can imagine, as you, you've, you, you know, sometimes in the producer world, which I've once lived in, was the pr- production director at XRT for a very long time. I know time. you were. Sometimes when you edit a masterpiece, you listen to it over and over again. And I'm imagining Sean Sears, the Cubs fan, editing this and just listening to it in his headphones while he's falling asleep. Just sad. <laughs> That the Cubs lost yesterday. <laughs> I think eyes wide open, yeah. staring at the ceiling. Why did you do this to me? His girlfriend. I told Dwight that there is honor in losing, which, as we all know, is completely ridiculous. Uh, Stroking his hair. I will say hey. this. I will. I, his hair. I will say this. When I was watching the Cubs game last night, a game which they blew, by the way, they yes. were up six to one at one point in time in the game. I will say. At before it happened in the ninth inning, as I was watching this, and I bet other Cubs fans who were watching felt the same way when it was a six to three ball game and the Cubs were batting in the ninth. I'm thinking they need more runs right now because no. clearly, oh, that six three. You talking about after Jose Abreu hit the single? Uh, yeah, it was it was six to three. I mean, in the eighth. Yeah, and I'm thinking the Cubs need more runs. I'm talking about in their ninth inning score. You need to to add on. It felt comfortable early but once Houston started hitting the ball and sizing up the Cubs bullpen I was very worried about that ninth and it was justified 
as the Astros end up winning the game seven to six. The Astros have a weird way of doing that. And it's so upsetting. I mean, obviously, White Sox in the playoffs just kind of crushing your soul, you know? Where they and I and I liken them to the Bulls in the nineties where where you you always just felt like they were going to do something and come back. And I feel like that's where the Astros were yesterday, where it's like they're not going to – Cubs aren't going to get swept. Look at this, baby, 6-3, we got it. And then, you, like you said, and some people are feeling, you know, it's not enough because the possibility still exists. But, I mean, tough, tough. Single in the homer, I mean, that's tough. You, you don't anticipate those things, not in the ninth. No, you, was, you do? Uh, <laughs> I didn't necessarily anticipate. I wasn't predicting that Houston was going to do what they did and score all those runs in the ninth inning. But – it felt like watching the game, like watching each inning and and how Houston started to square the ball up and how they scored a couple of runs okay. later on in the game. And it was like, oh, no, I did feel it. And it's you made such a great point because it's easy to forget that might be the Houston Astros might be the best franchise in baseball. Right and, now. And it's so, and I know there are a lot of people that stings their ears to hear yeah. because they're still angry, and that's fine. I, I'm not trying to, to convince anybody. But that's a great team. That's a great organization, and I guess they did what they do. I mean, when you're looking at the, at the lineup, right, it's not like you're saying you're not, you're, not, you're not mentioning Jose Altuve. You know, there's no Correa in there anymore. I mean, you're looking at – I mean, when you're looking at that lineup they brought out yesterday – not that it, it 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 goes back to your statement about the organization being that good. They've been putting guys out there that that come through. I mean, you know, Jeremy Pena at the top of the order, going two for five. I mean, it was just when you got guys like that at the top of the order, just kind of setting the tone for you. It definitely, most certainly feels good. Kyle Tucker, they've been waiting on him True. and wanting him to just be great for. And he's he's just so cons- country consistent. strong, dude. So it's tough. Welcome, welcome to the White Sox world, right? Face and Alvarez, like, yeah, always coming up, yeah. Over. Always on deck. Always. You think you're out of the inning? Uh-uh. <laughs> Look who's a coming up. It's David Ortiz part two. But the Cubs right now are 19 and 24. I can't I, – I, that, that's why when I was trying to get into that conversation with Speaks, and I know he's, he's listening, so feel free to text in on your way home there, Speaks. But I just felt like 19 and 24 was okay. Not, not a cause of concern, not a – Go out and trade so that we can be as competitive as we possibly. Because then, what is that ceiling? You know, in that moment, that to me is what I'm fearful of. Whereas it could just be like, hey, you know, keep doing your thing, guys. Ross, keep doing your thing because there's going to be change in the off season eventually. Eventually, and that's what it looks like. But in the present, 19 to 24, like Houston, we have a problem. No, stop it. What's, What's his the name? Pro- again? Shady. What was it again? Shady Sears, bro. Shady Sears. The funny thing is, he's talking about the White Sox there. He's not even talking about the Cubs. That's the Shady worst part about Sears, it. bro. You're not. You're not. How are you not okay, Sean Sears, with 19 and 24? I mean, I am. Of course, you are. I am. No, no I'm. I'm, I'm totally fine I mean, games, with that. Winning 19 games is feeling good right now at this point in the season, right? For the team like, that you have, this team is clearly better than that, though. Like they're close in a lot of these games. You sound like the bull. Ooh. That sounds like bull speak. Dollar, I don't. I, dollar oh, in the bucket. I, I don't know how much better. The Cubs are the 19 and 24. I think they're right. better than 19 and 24, maybe more like 24 and 24. But I, I would say that most of this to me is still relative to the division, right? I mean, if, if the Cubs are not happy with this, if Cubs fans are not happy with this, they should be thinking about the fact that 
you are still very much alive. In the, you're five games out. Five-game right. losing streak, and you're still five games out in the division. Uh, right now, I mean, nobody's running. With Milwaukee's 24-19 in first place. Pittsburgh, 23-20. and They've come down to earth. They're one back. So... And then, and then you have Cincinnati and St. Louis, who are bottoming out as we speak. So, you know, I, I, I understand where people are coming from. Like, you, ha- you do have a chance to win this division, but the, don't you? The assumption has to be that Milwaukee's not just going to stand pat, right? Like, they're going to do something as well. So is Pittsburgh. I don't know. They traded Hayter last year. True. Was it last year? Or two no, years two years ago. Last year. Last year. Last year, right? last year yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, let's say Pittsburgh, for example. You know? Whenever they find their window, they're going to go for it. And this is that window in that moment where they themselves say, we're 23 and 20. They're, what I'm saying is the, every team is going to get better that is above you right now. Could Well, I and, don't and, know about and, Pittsburgh because they blasted out of the gates. So I feel like they've come down to earth. I think that if I'm the owner of Pittsburgh and I'm one game out of first, I'm going and getting whatever I need for this year. To make because I'm, this might not come around for the next six years. It's a great so, point because especially since Pitt, you know Pittsburgh's not going to go get free agents in the offseason, right. mm-hmm. so right. trade exactly. players now. Take and a Giolito. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Pittsburgh's owner might be more cheap than Jerry Reinsdorf. So yeah, you know, interesting. That yeah. wasn't a shot at the White Sox. So hold on so, a second. Of course it was. You're, you're selling. Are you selling all your White Sox players to the Cubs and all contending teams in the division? I think Giolito, those kind of, I think free agent to be. Listen, listen. Forty percent of my Homer heart is like, dude, leave him alone. It's only a matter of time. If you do the math calculations, I'm like Google hunting on the chalkboard, doing math, trying to figure out how the White Sox can do it. But my heart of hearts is like, no, just yeah, just do it. Just break my heart, rip the bandaid off. Everybody, fire sale, like they say. Okay, just do it. If if, if they remain in this kind of space, but you know, I thought they did really well against the Guardians. They go play uh, the Royals right now, so they get a, get, get to exact some revenge. Yeah, or get an opportunity to at least. Hopefully they can win that series. And then you go back to Houston, or excuse me, you go back to, uh, to Cleveland, and then you go to Detroit. Man, you're feeling good right there. You're feeling good. Man, you just made it sound simple for the White Sox. Is it that as simple it should, for the White as Sox? As it should be. Uh, you got yeah. Jake Berger blasting the ball out of the park. Oh. You got Gavin Sheets, who I've been saying, Sean, I know you know, you can co-sign this. I'm like, put his ass in right because he can swing that bat. That boy is nasty. Ooh, all booming home Man. runs. Every one of his, that's the word to describe his home booming. runs. Booming. Yeah, powerful. Booming home runs. I remember doing a show last year where we were playing the Oakland A's, and they had, you know, like Murphy, a bunch of left-handers that just had a ton of power. And I was like, why can't the White Sox have somebody like that? Adam why, Dunn. Why can't, yeah, Adam Dunn. Why can't Gavin Sheets be that guy? And then yeah. here he is, mashing the ball. See what I did there? Yeah. Mashing the ball. And then you got Luis Robert Jr. So, you know, you, you want to feel good about the team finally. When was the last time the White Sox had, you know, two or three guys that were going to hit 25 homers or more, you know? That's true. I mean, you're right, too. I mean, today sucked. Got me working. For, for the White Sox, the Tim Anderson error, that that blew. But the rest of the series was pretty impressive, especially. And I have to go look, and maybe you, you know this right off the top of your head, uh, Gabe, but the White Sox do pretty well against Bieber, don't they? Like I, I don't. I mean, I know he's gotten the best of them at times, but yeah. they, they, they had their way with Bieber, who allowed what six runs on twelve hits in the Tuesday win, and that that was impressive. And then the win yesterday, you know, with your with your guy Burger and Sheets hitting yeah. the home runs. Yeah. So I thought I thought the Bieber thing. I, I did come on the show the other day, Groats, and say that uh, uh, Shane Bieber owns the White Sox the same way, like. Aaron Rodgers says that he owns the the uh, the Bears, right? Oh, so am I wrong? Is he crushed? That's the White how it feels Sox? like. That's what it feels like See, to it feels me like as a White to me Sox that fan. They've done, we, we can look so, up. We can look so up. in that, but in but in yeah. that particular game, I felt as though the team was 
mirroring the effort given by Lance Lynn, where Mm. he was like, hey, man, I'm a dog. I'm coming out here. I'm playing. And you want to play hard for a guy that has been struggling as of late but is out there throwing a gem. So I felt like they were just a little bit more locked in. You know, Lance Lynn had everybody a little bit more focused through his play. You know, I I can't speak for the dugout, but through his play, he felt like he had everybody more focused, and I think that's why the – Sox did that, and then today, I mean, you know, they got Dylan Cease. They had nothing, though. I, I mean, it's Tough. just they just looked dead today. It I just, mean, when they when they, they couldn't put it together, they had I the, feel ba- like. the bases loaded, nobody out, and, and right. I know they didn't have anybody coming up in that spot. I think it was uh, Alberto Sabala and Marisnik. Not exactly, yeah. uh, you know, Murder's Row coming up there, <laughs> but still, true. like in the moment, watching that game, the crowd didn't feel like it was like. I didn't feel that moment. You yeah. know what I mean? And I get it. It's it's a it's, it's, weekday but, afternoon, all that kind of stuff coming off a night game, but that that was a big nothing today. I would like to think that the fan base was just like, you know, let's be honest. We're not sweeping the we're not sweeping the Guardians. And I think it was more like kind of like that, how like you felt it yesterday with the Cubs and you're like, this is gonna go this is gonna end badly. Yeah, you, know? you felt and the, it. And the Sox yeah. kind of probably like the same, like, we're blowing up we're blowing a really good performance by Dylan Cease right here. Should have some more runs on the board. Absolutely. One for seven with runners in scoring position today. That's tough. For the White Sox. And if you didn't see it, uh, seventh inning, Sox had runners second and third with one out. Grounder to Tim Anderson, drawn in. And he basically fumbled the baseball run scores two to one. They add a, they tack on another run. Uh, that coming off the bullpen because it was after that. That, seized, yeah. that was too bad because Grafal had come out to talk to Cease when he had the runners on second and third. Long talk. Talked him into staying in. He gets the nice grounder to short, and then the the error comes, and then the bullpen comes in, and it's three to one. And there's your final score. On the ground, up the middle, Tim has to wait for it, and it gets on by. Cleveland gets a run on a bobble at shortstop. It's E6, and it's 2-1. Tim is trying to throw this ball home before he had the baseball. Takes his eye off it, and the go-ahead run scores. He's going to get him at the plate if he fields it cleanly. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, but, Gertie, what do, you, what do you think about people that say, like, you know, you might talk to somebody in the White Sox, and they'll say, hey, you know what? We didn't score any more runs anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. You know, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> Dude. Shady. Shady. That was so unnecessary. You that see time that? it was on purpose. The only time I just Nah, 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 nah. It's okay. Own it, dude. I, w- I really wasn't throwing you shade in the socks the first time, but this time I was. Yeah, and I think that they described it right. When you watch the play, uh, Tim Anderson was already throwing. And, and I get that yeah. mentality. If you're drawn in, it hit right. I mean, you know it, man, being a star on the softball team. If Stop you're it. playing the left, you're playing on the dirt, man, all you're thinking about is gunning that guy. I don't know if he would have got – I mean, probably. I think Stone is probably right, but it would have been a bang-bang play even if he makes it. Yeah, that's the one where I get more upset at, at the offense, you know? Just in general. Just in general. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're like right. Tim Anderson, you bobbled that cool. You made a mistake. You're, you're not going to go the whole season. We, we know he's not some, like, super double-plus – you know, defender right there at short. So, it's, you know, you got to live with those occasionally. Happen to be that. But if but if the Sox had put up, let's say, like another run, then I might feel bad about that. You know, or if it was four to three, you know, something like that. Yeah. Like you feel bad. But I'm the type of player where it's like, I know I feel that way when I play sports. Where I'm like, well, it wouldn't have mattered because we didn't score. We didn't do our job. We can't win a game with one run. Like, I'm that kind of guy. When it comes to sports, and, it's and true. I mean, it's a crucial play. I mean, the the Tim the TA play is crucial. But 
to your point, I mean, I the, what I led with with the White Sox is the second inning where they got the, like I said with the bases loaded and nobody Tough. out, and then and then three guys straight retired. So yeah, you lost the game with the bats today, but that was a loud miss for Tim Anderson for sure, especially coming off his. I hate this place, or no, I hate the shot clock. That. It was I hate the pitch clock. I hate the pitch clock. Okay. There was five words in that statement. Okay. Well, nobody very clear. I, I, and nobody booed. I, I did not hear Sox fans booing Tim Anderson at that point. So, okay. I, which I was pleased with. Actually. I'm sure we'll get into that. Oh, we will. Maybe a little bit later. Okay. It's on our docket. The old <laughs> red striper it's over on there. Our docket. Hey, hey, this this uh, ang- I already got Angry Bird crap from the Shady Sears over here. Oh yeah, called me an Angry Bird. Did a whole intro for me with Angry Birds. Oh, that's hilarious. Look, I'm trying to pull it up right now as fast as fast. So can Gabe be. Ramirez has a red. <laughs> <laughs> I have a red streak in my hair. He's yes. got a red streak, and it actually, as usual, you actually, if anybody could sell that, and like it doesn't look like ridiculous and out of like, Thanks. it's okay. Gabe. I it's all right. It. I mean, I would think that it's not something you want to do forever, but I will say, you as sell it. Someone who's married and was once a handsome man that roamed the streets of Chicago and got oh. a lot of attention from women, <laughs> and after I had kids and a wife, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. This red streak. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. Bat game's back on. <laughs> no, no, no you're, I'm you're, not back on. You're peacocking. I'm just going to tell you, that's that's a bad call. People look at you and be like, you know, wow. You know? Yeah. Oh, no. Except it's, for Sean Sears. It's, it's called peacocking, my friend. That's what you're I'm doing. Out. You keep saying that. Yeah. The ladies all gather up. Oh, look at that guy. He's trying hard. All right. I'm out. Nope. I did this what for What about work. the other guy, Grody? No, he work. put on 30 pounds. <laughs> no. He's off the lost market. Seven. He's lost seven, ladies and gentlemen. I have lost seven Like a slim and trim. That's right. Wait, you just wait till the, the next 25 comes off. It's, it's over. Said the you can't are... keep me cooped up in here, okay? I am a peacock. You got to let me fly. All right. Coming up next. <laughs> Evan Altman, Real Cub Insider, is going to hang out with us after the break. Uh, what does he have to say about yesterday's meltdown from the Chicago Cubs? Uh, we'll talk to him after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. And do not forget, right now, our guy Joe Ostrowski from BetMGM. Uh, he got the goods on where you should be laying your money today. Joe Ostrowski here as we go inside the numbers presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Game two of the Western Conference Finals has Denver as a five and a half point favorite over the L.A. Lakers. Total jumps to 226 after a fast-paced game one. LeBron props have my attention. 34.5 for points and rebounds, 41.5 for points, rebounds, and assists. The Nuggets are a minus 250 series favorite, up 1-0, and the Celtics are minus 225 series favorites, Despite dropping Game 1 to Miami in baseball after five consecutive losses, the Cubs own baseball's longest losing streak and are tied for last place with Cincinnati. But the Cubs are 5-1, Reds 80-1 to to win the division. And Kentucky Derby winner Mage, the only Derby horse to run in Saturday's Preakness, Mage the 8-5 favorite on the morning line. Catch me on BetQL Daily weekdays 8-11 to a.m. on the BetQL Network. I'm Joe Ostrowski, taking you inside the numbers, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Brody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Here's a high fly ball to deep left field. He's homered in his last three at-bats. A long, towering home run to left by Seiya Suzuki. And the Cubs now lead 5-1. to one. Maybe some of these guys this weekend can hit the ball that far. PGA Championship updates on the score are presented by the BMW Championship, hosted at Olympia Fields Country Club this August. You know, it's tough to get in there. If you know a guy, you got to know a guy mm. that knows a guy in order to get in there. But um, I'm sure you do. No, nah, man. I only Grody. I, I go through you. Oh, that's, right. that's how this thing is. Gabe and Grody, 670 to score. Of course, that was uh, Pat with that Seiya Suzuki home run right there. And it was interesting because, you know, we got an opportunity to hear from him, and he said he's seeing the ball well. He said it clear as, as clear as quick can be. So uh, for him to have a day, a day like he did and get two homers, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, but we get to talk Cubs a little more right now. Uh, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's the editor-in-chief for Cubs Insider. You can follow him on Twitter at DEvanAltman. It is the man, the myth, the legend, Evan Altman himself. What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I can't complain too much. You know, the weather's beautiful. Uh, I was at a middle school game. It was uh, it was a nice cleans- uh, palate cleanser from uh, what we've seen from the Cubs the last <laughs> few days, I guess. Let's, let's stay with uh, Saya for a second. I mean – you know, a lot of people worried, you know, in certain moments at the beginning of the season. But the the assumption was there that he could, you know, still, you know, find that power and, you know, hit, hit that off-speed pitch, especially because he showed so much promise last year. Um, thoughts on Saya and what he's been able to do over the last couple of days? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we're seeing is the the results are kind of finally bearing out what some of the peripherals had showed, right? Like, even when he wasn't necessarily getting hit, he was hitting the ball hard. Um, there, there were a lot of them, and even you know, I think it was, I think it was one of the Twins games. I'm trying to remember if it was that one or you uh, ended up lining into a double play, right? But he hit the ball like 109 miles an hour off the bat or something, and it's just so you'd see these, you know, the box score didn't indicate how well he was doing, and um, you know, he's a guy who, even if we say you know he was a victim of maybe a strike zone that wasn't as uh, as clean as what it perhaps could have been. I think there were a lot of pitches that he took last year that even if they were borderline, right, that he could still jump on, he could still do some damage on, and and we're seeing him, I think, acclimate a little bit better. So all in all, considering how much time he missed, you know, didn't even play in spring training, uh, he, he looks really good right now. Yeah, it's good to see. I swear to God, every time I see him come up, like, to the plate, it's like, this guy is so puffy looking and big now. I'm like, you better start hitting some home runs. And uh, that's what he's done over the last three days for sure. Uh, Evan, what what is your – how did you take in last night's game, your reactions to what happened in the, in the Cubs blowing the lead last night in Houston? 
Yeah, that one was kind of tough, right? Because it, it felt the whole game felt like one of those where you're like, okay, finally, right? They were able to jump on a starting pitcher early. They were able to get the lead right out of the gate, which is kind of the opposite of what we've been seeing, right? The, I mean, the Twins had some guys and then and obviously Houston who kind of baffled them a little bit in the early going. So it felt great. It's like, oh, this is what we were seeing early. And, you know, hey, the, there's some guys in the bullpen. You know, Keegan Thompson had generated a lot of excitement early and, and Brandon Hughes as well. Um, but to see them kind of flip what we've seen from them, not, not just this year, but I, I think really that's where the bullpen thing, and this has been out there from a few other folks, the Cubs have done a really, really good job over the last several seasons of sort of cobbling a bullpen together, um, you know, between young guys from the system and, and you know, maybe some relievers who were kind of afterthoughts because of either injuries or age or both. And, uh, and that's just not been the case for them. And so to lose it late, like they did, um, that just felt like so much more of a gut punch than some of these other ones. I mean, at least if you're blown out, you can kind of accept it within three or four things. And and with this one, boy, to jump out and then just go scoreless down the stretch too. Um, And leaving Houston and getting swept, it just, then you got to go play Philly. Ah, I don't, yeah. I don't think anybody feels good about that. Right? Yeah, and, and I don't need to hear like people say, well, Philly hasn't been that great. I mean, you got a chance to win. No, 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 no. That, that team is going to eventually start thumping people. And yeah, I don't feel comfortable at all about that upcoming series for, for Philadelphia. And you talk about the bullpen and the job that they have done patching it together over the last few years. Keegan Thompson now has a 422 ERA. Obviously he was bad last night. He has been struggling and Matt Spiegel was saying, you know, before we came on, he he believes that the thing to do or the thing that will be done is that Keegan Thompson needs to go back down. And they need to bring up a fresh arm. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, you know, and and I think we can look at this a few different ways. I mean, he he looked really good early, um, and what we saw from him, you know, in particular, I mean, he had uh, was one of his one of his early games there. I think it's as I'm looking at it now, his second appearance, right? Three point one innings. He had a lot of multi run or multi inning appearances. That's really where he's best served, right? And, I, and there were some concerns, I think, rightfully so, and I expressed them in spring training. His velocity was down. His stuff didn't look as sharp. I mean, for for Thompson with his repertoire, he needs to be sitting at least ninety four with that fastball. And if it's not, and the numbers have borne this out albeit in a relatively small sample, uh, he's going to get into some trouble. And I think using him in these high leverage kind of closing type situations is not what he's really built to do. I, I love him as that long reliever, kind of middle relief guy, but there's a certain point at which I think sending someone down is more about being able to utilize them really in more ideal situations, building that confidence back up, kind of let him springboard you know, back into a major league role where I, I do think he's he's qualified. But again, his role is is not as a closer. And I think using him as such is just not a great idea. We're talking to Evan Altman uh, right here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too hard on Keegan Thompson, right? I mean, he did do well last year, had an awesome April. It's been terrific. That's right? why I'm so surprised yeah. about it. And I think, you know, guys, we're all human beings, right? We know sometimes, you know, he might have, Got into an argument with his girl, or you know, oh like man, nice something. guy Gabe's coming out, well, everybody. Because, all right, so outside of outside of yesterday's performance, right? If you're looking at his three starts before that against Minnesota, St. Louis, and Miami, only gave up one earned run, gave up one, uh, gave up you know four hits in that time over 
you know what I'm saying, six innings. So I feel like, you know, he's still doing all right. He just had a couple of duds that, that really lifted up his ERA. When you're looking at the game earlier, uh, beginning of May, I think it was, versus the, the Nationals where he gave up three. And then in the last night's game, all I'm saying is this. If, if you were to let go of a guy like Keegan Thompson, somebody would just snatch him up immediately because oh, they know yeah. what he'd be able to do, right? Well, no, I mean, I'm just saying send him down for some seasoning. That's all. I'm, I'm not right. saying Evan's, get rid of him. Right, because Evan's saying putting him in, in, in different situations. But I do agree with you, Evan. I think he is more like the Reynaldo Lopez. You know, eat, eat up a couple innings instead of putting him in some high-leverage situations. Yeah, and I think the, the issue that, you've, you, that you look at with Thompson, right, is the stuff looks great at times, but when you look at a guy – only 16 strikeouts in 21 and a third innings and 14 walks. That's not what you can you, – you cannot do that in a high-leverage situation where you have just as many walks as strikeouts. Now, that home run he gave up is the only one he's given up all season, right? So he's, he's kept the ball in the yard, but you can spread those walks out if you're talking about two innings, three innings, you can make that work. But if you're putting a guy in there for the ninth, there's nothing worse than getting a walk at any point in there, right? So he just, he just doesn't miss enough bats to be in that high leverage spot. But uh, again, I think utilized correctly and getting some other guys around him. Um, but I, I would like to see what they've got because the Cubs have done a really good job of, of building up some young arms. And I don't think it's a bad idea at all to see what, uh, what else they've got out there and, and see what happens, you know, for the back half of the season. Evan, every time Christopher Morrell hits a home run, it, it seems to go a minimum of 450 feet. And another angel is born, too, and, every time he hits one. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, they're just some monster home runs. And I know that you pay attention to these guys as they're coming up and the specifics and things like that. Has Morrell always been a guy who hits these monstrous home runs? And what is he capable of from a power standpoint at, at a maximum, do you think, in Major League Baseball? Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely tapped into the power, you know, a lot more. You know, if you look back at him, you know, he never had in any one season prior to 2020, right? You go back there, never double digits. Right now, he didn't have a ton of plate appearances in those. But, uh, you know, he had, um, I think, what am I, if I'm looking at it here, 17 in double A back in 21, right? So he, he's there, he's wiring. What's, here's what I love about it, too. It's like, if you look at Chris Morrell on Fangraphs, he's still listed at, 5'11 and a buck 45. Um, I, I don't think he's 145 pounds anymore. I think we should go ahead and get that uh, height and weight updated. But, um, yeah, I mean, he is he is a guy that he's still not big, obviously, right? But he right. gets so much. He, he reminds me a little bit, if you think about when Tiger Woods first came up uh, on the PGA Tour, right? He's a young guy. He's a lot thinner then, but he was just an absolute whip, uh-huh. right? Or, or think of Tim Lincecum. Somebody like that, right? Like Morello gets every ounce out of that body. And, and a lot <laughs> yeah. of that, he's got the hands low. He is swinging to hit it hard. Now, that also results in him striking out about 40% of the time. So <laughs> you have a little bit of give and take there. But, man, I, I tell you what, like you said, I mean, he, he hit the Cubs' longest home run at 429 <laughs> feet, the longest it hit. And then the next game, it hits one 461. Oh, unbelievable. And the, I think like, the first one, wasn't it Oppo, the, the record? Yeah, it was Oppo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, from the right it, side. It, it, so it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was just incredible. It is incredible. But, you know, at this point, we're also looking at I, – I I love what he's doing, and I think there's a potential for these highlight real things. But we're also looking at a guy who's got a, a BABIP right now at 500, and something tells me that there is a, a little bit of correction that may be due <laughs> yeah. at some point. But, hey, keep keep hitting it over the fence, man. Absolutely. And, uh, and let's have fun, you know? Yeah, that's what everybody keeps talking about, right? Uh, the 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 that you can change someone 
uh, to not swing at those balls that are outside of the strike zone more so than you can change some other things. So, I mean, it'll be crazy to see what that is. Uh, Evan, you know, I know obviously in this business, you know, things get busy. We, we've got a lot of responsibilities and sometimes, you know, I, I saw, you know, that, uh, you know, you say you do get, uh, do miss some of your kids stuff. Um, are your, are your kids, uh, Cubs fans got a favorite player over there? Yeah, well, uh, I don't. I don't think my my daughter cares as much anymore. She she burned out on it pretty quick. But uh, you know, my my son was. You know, he's a lot of his as he was getting uh, growing up in it. A lot of his favorite players are uh, now maybe uh, playing for the, the Yankees or the Rockies or or the Tigers. But uh, we're we're a, in this house. We stand Matt Mervis. We're uh, we're big Matt Mervis fans uh-huh. around here. So Mash Mash is my guy. You know, you can go out to obvious shirts and, and find some of the gear there. Uh, you know, but I, I, I love the young guys. But I think he's also a big Nico Horner fan. We uh, we saw Nico play back in South Bend a few years ago when he was coming up, hit his first home run uh, at that at that high A level. So no, he's he's another big one. And and you know, again, we love Saya. So uh, that's, I, I say we because basically I just kind of you know I, I tell him who to like and. You know, as you should, teenager, so obviously as you should, Evan, man, right? you got to let them know who the best <laughs> players are. Don't let them have an opinion for himself. And not in high school. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, what is Merv going to laugh? I mean, I know you're going to say yes, but what's, is he, I mean, I know he got his first home run. He hit the ball hard. What's good. Is Mervis going to last uh, this whole season at the big league level? I mean, it sure looks like they're giving him a chance to, right. And I, and I appreciate that they've been having him out there at first base, especially when, you know, we had heard initially, like that's part of the reason that he, Maybe it was down in the minors for a little while longer, and, and that's sort of why Hosmer was there. But, you know, if you look at some of these young guys, I think he's he certainly moved really quickly through the system. But, you know, pretty advanced. I mean, he's, he's 25 years old now, right? So we're not talking about a guy who came out of high school and only spent a couple of years in the minors. So I, I think this is one of those situations where they feel like he can kind of handle it, uh, some of these growing things. And uh, I would like to think that they're going to leave him up there to let him sort of figure that out. Uh, and, and maybe he goes back and bounces. Look at Anthony Rizzo, right? different situation uh, again age-wise and so forth but Rizzo was kind of awful yeah absolutely up, right yeah and the Cubs held him back for a while and then and then they brought him up and, and kind of gave him the job and let him run with it so um yeah I, I think I think they're gonna let him kind of struggle a little bit and and see what he's made of yeah I like the fact that when he did hit his first home run it was just business as usual wasn't too high on it if anything seemed annoyed by it like I'm glad I got this out the way it's you know all right, it's time to hit some more. You've like, been struggling, yeah, man. So. so it was good to see that. Uh, Evan, appreciate you hanging out with us, man. Uh, go spend some time with your kids. Talk to you soon, all right? I'll do it. Take care, guys. Of course. Evan Altman um, hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. Of course, he's the editor-in-chief for Cubs Insider. You can follow him, D. Evan Altman, on Twitter. Groats, let's talk a little, let's talk a little Bulls basketball oh, on the other side. Wow. Okay. I know you have thoughts. We're going to make a nice little curve that way. Yeah. It, and it, could, it can surround Jimmy Butler. Bulls, Jimmy Butler, AK. I'm tired of people texting in saying that I'm an AK apologist. And you know what I mean? Like, uh, Yeah, what was up with that texter trying to... Because to... yesterday yeah. I went on a rant about AK. I said, AK's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. That means, that doesn't mean great. That means average. And I didn't... I, I, but I'm not calling for him to be, you know, ran out of town like I everybody you. else. I got you. So we'll, we'll talk a little Bulls on the other side of the okay. break. I'm curious what your thoughts are of AK in the present and this, uh, this Bulls situation that we're in right now. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Mark Grody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Jimmy freaking Butler puts it in! <laughs> it's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Let Bam work on the other side. They gave him some room. Horford all over. Gets it off the ball. Get it to Jimmy. Three left on the shot clock. He elevates for three. Leaned in and bounced up and in. Jimmy Butler has lost his mind. 34 points. Two of four from the land of milk and honey. I'm playing at an incredible level because they're allowing me to do so. They're not putting a limit on my game. They're trusting me with the ball on a defensive end. And I think that's what any basketball player wants. That's what anybody wants out of life is just to be wanted, be appreciated, and just let you go out there and rock. Jimmy Butler sounded like me while arguing with my wife. I just I just want to be appreciated. Watched the kids all day today. Made dinner. And then came to work. Talk about role reversal for a second. Jimmy Butler's been looking for love, it feels like, his whole career. Yeah, I mean, you know... Didn't, you know, growing up in other people's houses, you know, it could kind of put something in your thing where you're always trying to search for that love that, you know, that's deep. That's, that might be too deep for this. But he never endears himself. Like, when he was with the Bulls, it It's was, a facade, man. It's a yeah. facade. It's a, it's a hard exterior shell because you don't want to, you don't want to feel like you're not going to be loved because then that's the worst. If you don't have the hard exterior shell. And the end, then you're not loved. Then you feel even you feel like you did when you were a kid, and your you know your parents didn't want you. Mm, wow, now that is deep. That's deep. I just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? That, that sounds like Jimmy Butler too, right yeah. there in that space. Just wants to be loved. Well, then he he needs to tone down the Hollywood Jimmy act a little bit. You know, he's got to do some work on his part. You know, I I am not a Jimmy. I was not a Jimmy. I Butler did not man. know that. I did not know that. I told you the story. It's like. The Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler era, that bothered me with Jimmy. Right. And then Jimmy used to come to our bashes a lot. You know what I mean? So I used to see him all the time at our thing. I'll never forget. It was a Selena Gomez, Time Flies, and Boys to Men at the Rosemont Theater. Jimmy showed up. I was like, oh, what up? This is crazy. Jimmy Butler's here. Was he he backstage? Backstage Jimmy. Felt cool. Okay. And then then it was D-Wade, Rajon Rondo, Jimmy. And that's the one that I that's the one where things started to go sideways for me. Mm. But the problem is this. After all these years, I love people that back up their trash talk. I love guys like Floyd Mayweather, Tom Brady. And I feel like Jimmy Butler's falling into that space. Like I'm good enough to be here, you roll your eyes at him and then he just he continues to do it and you you like how can you not tip your cap at Jimmy Butler? So what I'm trying to say is my heart is changing for Jimmy Butler in oh. real time. Oh, wow. And I hate it. It really is bothering me because yeah. I want to dislike him. But I think you're accepting that he's a great player. I think that there's a difference between – or maybe you are saying you actually actively like him. I think that what you're actually doing, if I may play amateur yeah, sports please, psychologist – I love this. I love this. You watch the game. You saw what he did. In, I mean, they go on the road and beat Boston. And Jimmy 30. Butler scores 34 points in the game, and you and you're like – 
just accept it. Jimmy Butler's a great. Jimmy Butler's a superstar. I love it. And there, and there was a gamers. long time. There was a long time where we didn't uh, allow for Jimmy Butler to be a superstar. Remember, it was like oh, I wouldn't quite call him a superstar. But he's Luol super- Deng 2.0. No, he's a superstar though, right? Am I wrong? You're right. No, because I, 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 you know, when I have these conversations with my friends, and I say every team that's left in the playoffs has a superstar. So if you're saying Jokic, if you're saying LeBron or AD, or if you're saying Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Who are you saying for the Miami Heat? It's, it's been Bam Adebayo. Yeah, and, uh, it's Jimmy Butler, right? <laughs> Jimmy Butler. So you're like, so. it's Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering as we're as you're playing sports psychologist, yeah. and I am then you know listening to my own words, is Jimmy Butler going into that Aaron Rodgers space for me? That I do not like you, but I respect you. Yes, because you are great, and that's okay. That uh, you can appreciate. But then that means respect. I have to. I have to like say Jimmy Butler and Aaron Rodgers in the same sentence and I don't Yeah, but you put the proper caveat on it. You're not saying, "Oh, I love you're not promoting Jimmy Butler." Hmm. You're saying, "Okay, I give up. He's great." <laughs> that's exactly That's like, "Wow, Grody, thank you." That's exactly how I feel. All right, I give up. And there's that I defeat. Give up. There's that defeat that's there. You can't do like, this yourself, damn, Gabe. How how I can't keep hating on Jimmy no. Butler and he continue to play like this. Because then I, I'd sound like an idiot then yeah. after a while. So you're like, well, why do you hate Jimmy Butler? He just, he's dominating right now. And you're like, yeah, you know what? Two lockers at the United Center when everybody else had one. It's like, <laughs> that's not good enough, not good enough of an argument. Uh, yeah, and we all have those guys, though. I think that, especially as we get older, that you drop a little bit of your sports hate. Because mm. it's it's a pretty ugly thing that we carry around it with is. us as sports fans. like Especially Chicagoans. Yeah, you get really angry and you really feel despise towards opponents. Like, my easiest example would be Brett Favre. Because right. I was, you know, more fan than I was broadcaster than, and it was like I hated the guy. I hated the hate. He was the only guy I ever remember rooting to be injured. Like when he would go down again, is he out? Oh, is he Corey out? Wooten. Is he out? Yeah, shout out Corey Wooten. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you did. But uh, as time went on, I'm like, okay, now now I have full perspective. And the guy was he was an amazing quarterback. You know, he's Mark Grody. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is six seventy. The score. Did you feel that way about Jimmy Butler when he left the Bulls? Because when you think back to that era of this Bulls franchise, you know, you you think back to when things started to go sideways. And it was right around then, right around like the second or third Jimmy Butler year before Zach Levine came in. And so, like, it's easy to look at that moment and be like, oh, dude, we screwed up. We gave up Jimmy Butler. But it's almost as if, based off Jimmy's statement right there that we played at the beginning of the break, Groats, that Jimmy might not have been Jimmy. Jimmy Butler might not be 2023 Jimmy Butler had he not gone through all of that. Had he not been, you know, traded from the Bulls. Mm -hmm. Had he not then been traded to the, you know, Sixers and then, you know, got back to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he'd be Jimmy with the chip on his shoulder. That's a good point. And I I will say that at the time the trade was made, I was for it. I was. Same okay with it. I was like, it's time for a different direction. There, there's a problem with Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose, it seemed like, when they played yeah. together, together or not played together very well. So, yeah. I mean, I no, the, Jimmy Butler's never been one that I look back on as a Bulls fan and say, damn, Bulls really screwed up yeah. with the Jimmy Butler yeah, thing. If yeah, you're yeah. in, I mean, it's easy to say from the 10,000, yeah, if you look at it on paper, you say, 
why the hell would the Bulls ever get the better player was always Jimmy Butler. It wasn't Derrick Rose. It was always Jimmy Butler. But I just don't, you know, some of what you're saying, that he may not have become the Jimmy Butler he is now if he hadn't gone through that quote-unquote adversity. But, no, that's not one of the – I'll be honest, like, none of the the guys – like, everybody talks about the regret of, oh, oh my God, they should have never gotten rid of Larry Markin. Stop it. Thank you. Stop it indeed. Like, I, I didn't want – like, there's never been one – he didn't have one game this no. year where I was like, oh, my God, the Bulls screwed up. You know what I mean? And Carter for that. Man. Oh, that uh. – not same thing. You're gonna, no, I, I think we're on the same page here because yeah. you hear people, oh, man, the Bulls might have screwed Stop this it. up. They didn't screw that up. I've never regretted it a second. And honestly, as we talk about it here, I've never felt that Jimmy Butler regret. And if you put you know, some of these mediocre players on bad teams, they have more opportunity to shoot the ball. They're going to score more points. Yeah, you could do it on the Utah Jazz that is trash. But if you put Laurie Markin on a on a you know a top competing team, he's not gonna be able, not gonna do the same thing. Right, and why weren't you good with the Bulls, man? What was what was your problem, Laurie? He, I, he yeah. like Jimmy Butler needed a chip on his shoulder, I guess, because the chip that he wore was for the team that he was on, and then once he left, he was able to really you know anthropomorphize that chip on his shoulder. Nice. There were a couple of games when he was playing for Cleveland. Thanks, we were like, whoa, whoa, this guy. Never saw this dude. Like, how many times did we ask, like, Lori Markin to go drive on guys? Amen. And he's, like, all the time. facing he's, he's, he's soft, right? Get eight rebounds. He's a soft player. And I'm not, trying to tra- I'm not trying to crap on Lori Markin. I'm more so saying, you know, a, a lot of the narrative is, like, the Bulls messed up by getting rid of some of these guys. But, but absolutely. Like, and then the, the fear was... When he first, it could be Dirk Nowitzki. Stop it. Could it be Dirk? Yeah. He kind of looks like Dirk. Maybe he's Dirk. Gosh, I'm going so hard because I'm so defensive right now. It's, that's what it is. Uh, luckily, we don't have to fight about this one, though. We this don't. We're, we are in I, agreement. I that, like the fact that we're not, we don't have trade remorse when it comes to Jimmy Butler. There's not. I wonder if people do, though. Like, texter, 312-644-6767. Did, did, did the Bulls? screw up but no that's not even the right question no they, that's it, not even the right question would you, you rather you, have jimmy butler or zach levine because that's what they're going to say they're going to say jimmy butler and that's who, who of those course are the main centerpieces and, of the and trade. That's, that's a good answer but i want people to really go back to the scenario when he was traded and how you felt right then and and then feel and of course yeah jimmy butler is better than zach levine he is right so it'd be better if he was here but i don't have that remorse but at, or the, regret. at the time gross it was derrick rose is greater than jimmy butler and I think that was the big issue with Jimmy and Chicago and yeah. everything that was going on is that Chicagoans felt that same way. And I think Jimmy never felt that love. Well, I got to tell you, the man, to be real here, Jimmy Butler is turned out to be the better player between Rose and, and right. I mean, even yeah. now, like if, if they're both of their career ends, careers ended right now, Jimmy Butler's the better player. Right. And, and I know that what Derrick Rose did was spectacular. I don't agree with that. Mm. But because Derrick Rose's number will be in the rafter in, at the United Center. He got an MVP. And Jimmy Butler most certainly will not. He will never be an MVP. That's true. He, he no. doesn't have that Derrick Rose gear. And Derrick Rose never had that gear again either, though. That's the problem. He is the beautiful flower that grew from the concrete in Chicago. Oh, wow. It's amazing. You're putting things. What was that word you just used earlier, Anthrop- too? Anthromorph- anthropomorphized. You worked on it before. The, it. He worked on it before the show. He killed it the first time, yeah. and then when I called him out on it. If you want to know what that means, just text me. Uh, just yeah. follow me on Twitter. I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll, I'll you call you. Yeah. All right. Uh, on the other side, coming up, uh, we are going to be talking about more Bulls at 720 with Elias Schuster. Bulls. Uh, but before that, uh, we might talk a little NBA Finals. Uh, you know, the game that's about to be going on in just a second. 
Jokic, Lakers, LeBron. Uh, who does Grody think is going to win the championship? We'll talk about that on the other side. Mm-hmm. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Mark Grody. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Jimmy G Buckets. The G stands for gets, if you don't know. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.